Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Shepherd Talk podcast today. I'm very excited for you to be able to listen to a conversation today with our pastor, Ray Jones, and Dr. Steve Gaines. Steve Gaines is the pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, and he has pastored there for 15 years and uh, is just a special leader in our Southern Baptist Convention, a special uh, pastor and preacher of the Word of God, and he's been a blessing to our church here at Ridgecrest the last two years through our awesome August services. And so take some time today to listen to this special interview between Pastor Ray and Dr. Steve Gaines as they talk about the pandemic, as they talk about leadership, as they just talk about life and living in the world today and using your life for the glory of God. And so again, enjoy this conversation. Thanks for checking out uh, this video. Uh, it's a delight to uh, today to be sitting here with Dr. Steve Gaines. He is the pastor of the one of our great uh, Southern Baptist churches, the Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, has been there since 2005. Uh, followed a legend, but he himself is one of our great leaders in the convention, a past president uh, of our Southern Baptist Convention, and really has served in just about every capacity in our convention. He's done a great job at uh, Bellevue for I guess four, about 14, 15 years now. 15 that, years. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so we're so fortunate. He is here to be a part of our awesome August, was here last uh, summer and uh, blessed us incredibly with a message on prayer. Is going to bless us again um, this year uh, in the Word. But we thought it'd be a, a kind of a, a fun experience to just uh, talk with him for just a bit, especially in these days of uncertainty. And uh, so, Dr. Gaines, welcome. We're glad to have you, Thank you uh, with Ray. us it. Uh, here. And, uh, you know, in this day and age, preachers aren't traveling much. No, they're not. And this is the first time I've flown all year. Yeah. Well, we're glad it was to Ridgecrest <laughs> yeah. and uh, to Dothan. But uh, uh, we've even abbreviated our awesome August this year uh, because uh, of those sorts of things. But I uh, appreciate so much you being willing to be with us. Thank you. Got a couple of questions I want to ask you. I thought that'd be uh, the best way for us to do our time together. And, uh, of course, all of us are um, trying to figure out what's uh, up and down. Our culture certainly is right now uh, in these matters of uh, the virus, COVID-19, not to mention the social unrest that's going on. But my question, I guess, would be um, we're, we're all learning some lessons, I guess, but how, how has Bellevue, how have you guys handled what's going on with COVID about your services, those sorts of things. I know we'll have some pastors out there and uh, they have questions all the time. But sure. how, how have you guys kind of navigated this thing? Well, we've done it very carefully, obviously, and we've done it very prayerfully. We have um, gone back to our services now. We started the first part of June. Uh, we stopped having services. I think it was, we went two weeks into March and then we stopped. We started doing online only. And uh, we went that way until the end of May. And we started back in June. And we really changed our, our timing. We didn't go, go back with Sunday school and all of that. We were just focusing on worship services. We did not have nursery. And so we provided uh, a family service that was simultaneous to all the other services that we were having. Uh, we started a Saturday night service too, mm. and that has really done well. 
at five o'clock, and now we have two morning services, and all three of those are identical. Two morning services on Sunday, one at nine and one at 11. And we are going to slowly start letting other groups meet at different times during the week. We can't, uh, at, at yet we can't have everybody back in for life groups is what we call Sunday school. But we're having more groups come together, especially our teenagers, our youth and our students. Uh, they're coming together for larger groups on Wednesday nights. Uh, my wife teaches a ladies Bible study. Uh, they're coming and they're gonna be meeting actually with uh, on the screen all over the, the whole building. They're gonna be meeting at one time on Tuesday mornings. So we're having different groups like that move back in and it, it's, it's done well. We, the, the crowds have continued to build. We uh, yesterday had, and this weekend had great attendance. It's getting a little bit larger each time. Uh, our giving has stayed up. Our uh, ministry into the city has done well. We've continued to do as much as we can to try to love Memphis and to, to meet physical needs for people and then get to share the gospel with them. We're still baptizing people, not as much as we were, but we're seeing people saved. So it's 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 been good. It's been different. You know, they don't teach this in seminary mm. <laughs> or anywhere. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> so. Well, that, that's it's actually good to hear because it's a lot like what we've done here. Right. So uh, we, we just yesterday began to bring, uh, we call our Sunday school connection groups. Right. And yesterday was the first day we had brought connection groups back on our camp. Good. We followed almost an identical schedule that you guys have followed. And uh, our crowds have been growing. Yesterday was phenomenal for us, surprisingly uh, so. And uh, so it's kind of good to hear uh, what you guys have done and then say, you know what, um, we've been on a similar kind of model. And we've been baptizing too. And our finances have held uh, well. And uh, we've actually probably had more people join us in the last four months than we had in the previous four months. Wow. And every week they're, they're joining us through some creative uh, methods, of mm -hmm. course. Um, have you guys during this thing, have, what, what changes, uh, Dr. Gaines, have you seen that you think might be permanent changes? Have you, have you thought through that? Yes. Well, first of all, I'm Steve. All right. so, <laughs> my dad told me my PhD stood for post hole digger. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. right. I wasn't trying to rebuke you, right? I understand. I understand. Yeah. Honor to I whom think, honors do. The yeah, scripture I, says. I think. I think that one of the things that we've done is we have done Sunday. I've done Sunday night worship services all my life, and I love them. But they wanted to do a little bit of a different thing, and they said, "Let's try Saturday night." And so that has been surprisingly. Uh, successful. I, I didn't really think it would go over very well, but it has. And we have a lot of people who work on Sunday mornings and, uh, you know, whether they're waitresses or whatever. And, but at any rate, uh, we're having great, that's been one change that we've made that has been very successful. Another thing that we've done is just these Zoom calls. I mean, uh, I, right. I, I told somebody, I said, I'm just about Zoomed out, you know, <laughs> but, we, but we've been able to, do, it's been really interesting. Uh, we've been able to have to maintain and sustain really connecting in our Sunday school, our life groups through the Zoom. And our people are really responding well to that. And it's very interesting, you know, FedEx is there in Memphis. And right. uh, I was talking to one lady that she said, we're, we're not traveling as much because we're doing so much on Zoom. And she said, we're actually getting more accomplished and it's yeah. a lot more, uh, you know, financially uh, inexpensive and everything. So. 
I, I just think that that's, those are some of the things that we've done. Uh, I think that probably the thing that we do miss most though is just the fellowship out in the lobbies and stuff like that right. because we're encouraging them to practice distancing as best we can. We're doing every other row and you sit with your family unit, I'm sure much like y'all are doing, and then you leave two seats in between. We have uh, seats, theater seats or whatever. And so that's that's been a little bit different and everything, not have, being able to have a uh, fellowship time during the church where people shake hands and all that. We did start about four weeks ago having a come forward invitation. Mm. And that's been really good and people are responding and it's good. But it's, it's just, it's not like it was, but we're having a very large group, and I'm sure you are too, online mm -hmm. that are watching, uh, yeah, whether incredible. it's through Facebook or through just on our website. So I think one thing that will change permanently is we will continue to really emphasize the online presence. I think that's gonna be something that's here for a long time. Because a lot of our senior adults, for whatever reason, they just don't feel safe yeah. to get out. Yeah. And Bellevue, we've got a lot of every age group, but we have a lot of senior adults. We have some that are coming back slowly, but a lot of them, just they're just afraid, you know? And I think that's probably, you and I were talking a little bit earlier before we came onto this broadcast, just about, I think a lot of people are living uh, with, with some fears that they've never mm -hmm. had before. And I think that, you know, some fears can uh, be justified, but you have to be careful with that because you have to walk in faith, which doesn't mean that you don't take precautions or anything like sure. that. And you don't use common sense, but I don't think God wants us to walk in terror, you know, and, mm -hmm. and just anxiety all the time. Right. I think we have to watch that. So, yeah. uh, Do you, would you, would you say there are these permanent changes, but uh, in your view, uh, is this a, uh, kind of tectonic shift in the church in which some things will probably not go back ever to the way they were or I think it's very, very possible. I mean, I, I don't think, for instance, that we will have a regular Sunday night service anymore. That may not sound like much to anybody because most people don't do it anymore anyway. Mm -hmm. But for us, it was a big deal. And we'll probably do one a week. And I don't want to just keep talking about that. But, you know, because we have like ordinations during that time. We have baby dedications during that time. We have Lord's Supper during that time. And so we would need some of those to, to happen. But I do think that there's, there are some changes. I think that um, I think that people probably, one, one thing that I think is happening is when you, have to do without something, it makes you appreciate what you had. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people had just kind of taken church for granted. Mm -hmm. And now when they come, it's just, I mean, the first Sunday we were back and we started singing, people were crying everywhere yeah. because they're just like, I'm so glad to have some sense of normalcy, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was asked a question recently in an interview about what lessons had I learned as a shepherd trying to lead people through this uh, kind of uncertainty with the, the COVID and again, all the other things going on in our culture. So I thought I'm gonna ask Steve that question when uh, he and I get together. And so that is my question. What, what lessons have you learned I think, during this uh, time as a leader? There's a scripture, if, if you don't mind, if I, if I read this. Absolutely. Uh, Joshua 3, 4, you know the context. They're about to enter into the promised land. Moses has died. And Joshua is giving some uh, emphasis here to the people. He says, however, there shall be between you, talking about the people of Israel, Joshua chapter three, verse four, 
and it, that is the uh, Ark of the Covenant, 2,000 cubits. That's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of land there. It's 3,000 feet. Uh, don't come near it that you may know the way by which that you may know the way by which you shall go for you have not passed this way before. Mm. And uh, Joshua, they were about to cross the Jordan River with 2 million people, 600,000 men, warriors. And he was saying, we've never been here before. We've never done this before. We've, we've been walking out in the wilderness now for 40 years and we've been eating manna every day. Well, that ends today. We're going into the promised land. And it was not, you know, we think of the promised land, we think of heaven. The promised land in the Bible is a battlefield. <laughs> so True. they're facing Jericho, first of all, you know, and, and said, we've never been here before. So let's go in together and let's walk with God. And the very first thing that happens is they, the, the priests take the Ark of the Covenant down there and the Jordan River, you know what happened, it dries up. It's not just that it was shallow, it was dusty. I mean, God, when God does something, he does it. And so they walk through, just like they had walked 40 years earlier through the Red Sea, now they walk through the Jordan River and they all come across and then they come out and then it closes back in. And they go in, of course, they walk around Jericho seven times and they shout and it falls and God starts taking this over. But the, the point was just like they had followed the cloud for the 40 years, now they needed to keep following the Lord. And I think that's the biggest thing for the church. I think sometimes, I'll just be frank with you. Sometimes, you know, I've been preaching for 44 years. I've been pastoring for almost 40 years. And sometimes my experience can be my worst enemy mm. because yeah. I think I know what to do because I've been in this situation before. But you know what? Every situation, even if it's something similar to what you've done in the past, God may want you instead of you know uh, striking the rock, he may want you to speak to the rock this time, right. which got Moses in, pro in problems. Yeah. So you have to follow the cloud. You have to follow the Lord. You've got to pray. You've I think God still speaks, all right? Amen. I believe the word of God. I see these guys all the time. They're, God's talking to them through scripture, through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And I know that that scares people to death, but I'm telling you, God still speaks. And mm -hmm. I think that for you as the pastor of this church and your leaders, God's gonna be speaking to you and talking to you about what sermons to preach, how to lead the church, and I think he's going to talk to you like he doesn't talk to anybody else. It doesn't mean that nobody else is important, but it does mean that God flows through channels of authority. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about spiritual authority. And so I just believe yeah. that God's going to show us what to do. If we will keep our hearts open to God and we will pray and seek his face and really say, Lord, we need your help. I think like the Bible says, we will hear his voice behind us mm -hmm. saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever we turn to the right or the left, he said, I, he said in Psalm 32, verse eight, I will instruct you and teach you in the, not a, but the way which you should yeah. go and guide you with your eye, my eye upon you. So I believe God's going to talk to you. He's going to talk to your staff. He's going to talk to your deacons. He's going to talk to your leaders. And I believe he's going to talk to your church. And I think that God is going to show you guys what to do and he's going to show us what to do. And it may not be exactly the same thing, but it's because we're in different areas. And I think that he'll show us what to do where we are and just remember, regardless of, we've never been this way before. Today is a brand new day. And so we need to seek the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's live yeah. in today. Yeah. Let's don't be, I mean, it's not that you don't think about the future, but they didn't have, you know, Moses didn't have a five-year plan. He didn't have a five-minute plan, basically. Right. He was looking toward 
the cloud. Mm -hmm. Your plan is to keep your eyes on the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? And when you're crying out to God like that, God helps people that call on Him. And it's really consistent with what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 6, 33. He said, each day has enough trouble of its own, Mm -hmm. so seek first the kingdom of God. And the the context there is right now. Mm -hmm. Seek Him right now and follow Him today and tomorrow get up and do it again. But I like the idea of the cloud. Uh, You and Jerry, we talked about that earlier. Uh, Interestingly enough, as we were talking earlier, uh, you you shared how God had put on your heart back in December to begin preaching through the book of Revelation, and yes. you began that in January. Before I could spell pandemic. <laughs> you know, but, and, and my eyebrows kind of went up when you said that because in December, right. the Lord also impressed upon me to begin a series uh, talking about the, the last days. Right. And I don't think those things from God are coincidental. I think God ha- has His messengers, exactly, uh, sharing the right message at the right time and uh, like you, uh, long before the pandemic was being talked about, we were talking about pandemics and pestilences, right. uh, as the scripture said. But I, I say all that to ask you this question: uh, you, the, the the Spirit of God impressed you, obviously, to to begin that series through the Book of Revelation. And um, but my question is: uh, Do you believe uh, the prophetic side of Scripture, uh, which is huge, as you well know? Uh, Uh, in the scripture, do you believe there's an urgency about this prophetic message as it relates to the signs or perhaps the seasons or what Jesus called birth pangs? Do you you believe there's an urgency about these things? I think there should always be. Yes, I do. I think that the reason that Jesus talked so much and and said so many times, watch and pray. Uh, Keep your eyes toward the Lord. Lift up your eyes. Your redemption draweth nigh. Now, I'll just lay my cards on the table. I believe that Jesus could come back in the rapture anytime. I don't think there's one thing that has to happen before Jesus comes back. Now, some people say, well, the Bible says the gospel is going to be preached to the whole world and then the end will come. I think that's the second coming. I think the great tribulation is the time when the great commission is going to be ultimately finished. That doesn't mean that we don't witness now. But if you look at the uh, book of Revelation, people are getting saved during the Great That's Tribulation. Right. I believe that, that because of imminency, the, the, all the scriptures that talk about Jesus could come back at any moment, that we're to keep watch for the Lord, the coming of the Lord is near. I mean, I, I could give you 15 to 20 texts of scripture that talk about that Jesus could come back at any day. If you believe in that, and if you believe in a literal Great Tribulation, you have to believe in the rapture. Now, I'm not trying to mess with everybody. Dr. Rogers said, he said, uh, you know, when it comes to the end of time, I'm not on the planning committee, I'm on the welcoming committee. And I, so I think we all need to have humility. But the reason I believe in it is because I believe in a literal great tribulation and I believe in a literal imminency of Jesus Christ coming. And so if I believe all that, I have to believe in rapture, great tribulation, and then the second coming. After that, now I believe that second coming. Uh, I'm going to be talking about that tonight at your church okay. on one of my points, and uh, I believe that at that time we're coming back with the Lord. The rapture is when He comes for the Lord. Luke 17: Two are in the bed, one taken, one left. Two in the field, one taken, one left. Two grinding at the mill, one taken, one left. So I believe that could happen at any moment, and so I, I do believe that gives you an urgency. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have that, if if Jesus can't come back. And again, this is the way Dr. Rogers said, he said, he said if, if you don't believe Jesus can come back today, 
you're not looking up, you're looking around. Mm. You're trying to figure out what's going on in the world. And if you if you're not, if you don't believe Jesus will come back today, you're not looking for Christ, you're looking for Antichrist. I'm not looking for Antichrist. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for Christ. I believe Christ could come back at any moment. Now, I believe personally, see, some people don't like the whole rapture thing because they say, well, you don't really, you're just doing that because you don't think that Christians are going to suffer. Oh, I think we are going to suffer. I think it's going to get hot before. Jesus comes back in the rapture. I think it's I think it's already getting that way. Yeah, it is. I, I think we're even seeing with the pandemic an overreach of government. Now, I may really offend somebody here, but I'm going to say it anyway. I thank God for John MacArthur. Yeah, I do too. And what he's doing. I thank God for him taking a stand and, and stepping up to the plate and saying, you know, this is our peaceful protest, you know. He did everything they asked him to do, but California is so strict and so overbearing with their government it does show you how people that if you don't want to believe in God, you believe in government. You have to believe in some type of authoritarian, right. yeah. uh, authoritarian uh, authority, and so authoritarian. I couldn't get the word out. Uh, source, and I think that when people don't believe in God, they they look to government, and government is flawed in it inherently because it's human beings. Now, I think we ought to submit to the government. We we've done everything they told us to do. But John MacArthur did too, and he just said, "You know what? They, it's just inconsistent. They want, the casinos can open, Walmart can open, these big stores can open. They can have these protests and everything else, and we can't have church. We mm. can't even sing. You're telling me that if we do have church, you can't sing. You got to be that. No, it just comes to a point where it says no. And and I think I, I just thank God for that. So I, I'm not a, a rebel rouser or a rebellious person or anything like that." But we must obey God rather than men. And the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now, we, we did for about two and a half months or three months, whatever. But now we're, we're back and I think we ought to be allowed to continue. If yeah. they're going to let these other entities, you know, what's good for one is good for the other. Yeah. Well, I, and I agree fully. And that's been kind of our position. We've tried to say, uh, based on Romans 13, we right, went through right, that yeah, on the front side, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and we're going we're we're to follow what the government says. But That's there's fine. a certain point where Peter and John also said, "You, we, we've got we two must choices. Obey God. We must obey God rather than uh, man." There's a point in time mm-hmm. where that is, as John MacArthur has demonstrated, a peaceful. Right. I loved his opening to that. Welcome to our peaceful protest, That's right. because it really, it really is. Uh, it's not trying to poke the culture in the eye. It's no. just trying to say we, we have this right, which, by the way, even from a secular uh, standpoint, is guaranteed in the First Amendment of the Constitution right. to, to gather uh, religiously. But, but I, I guess what we're really saying is if you believe, if you have a biblical eschatology, you can't help but live with urgency. And with your eyes uh, pointed upward, uh, knowing that uh, we don't control the clock. That's right. Uh, but we can know that the season, here's what we do know. We're living uh, closer to the end of the age than ever before. And, uh, and so our time is running out because we don't know when we're going to die. But God's time is running out too. Because Jesus could come right. back at any moment. Well, I got, we got two quick questions. We've got to wrap up. But we okay. have, I have two quick questions for you. Uh, given what we've just been talking about, um, do you? Uh, is it your view, or would you say, and you've been very honest and, and frank, that um, the, because of the potential for Christ to return, um, that um, that our eyes should be looking and seeing the warning 
signals that God is sending. Do, do you believe that any of these things that we've experienced really in the last decade plus are warning signals, are wake-up calls from God? I guess in a sense, everything is an opportunity to wake us up. Right. But do you, does that make sense, kind of a, well, a, a yes. warning from God saying, there wake few, up? There are a few scripture texts uh, that talk about in the last days, this is what it'll be like. If you read those, one is in Timothy and if you read those things, it sounds like modern culture. I mean, all, Romans one exactly. I, I I preface or I began my sermon yesterday with Romans one, talking mm -hmm. about uh, you know this is what it's going to be like before the end of time, and uh, it talks about all the sexual perversion and everything else. I'm 62 years old. If you had told me, I went to seminary 40 years ago tomorrow. The Southwest, if you had told me 40 years ago we would be dealing with the things we're dealing with now, uh, all the cohabitation, mm -hmm. which is basically fornication, all of the divorce, all of the homosexuality, all of the lesbianism, all of transgenderism, if you would, would have told me that, and then if you had told me that we would still be aborting babies all the way up to the day of birth now, yeah. I would just say, you know, there's no way. There's just no way. But man, there is a way. And it's just unbelievable what's going on. So I do believe that the signs that we see in our culture point to the fact that at any moment, Christ could come back. Okay, we got to wrap up. But I, uh, I want you to, to give your best counsel to, uh, to pastors who are watching this and to uh, believers who are watching this, as you kind of wrap this up with us, give your best counsel to them. The thing I would say to you is this, don't just say you believe the Bible, get in the Word. Every Christian ought to read the Bible through at least once a year. I know that may sound aggressive, but it takes about 15 minutes a day, and there are 96 15, 15 minute segments in a 24 hour period. Can you give almost 1% of your day to Bible reading? That's good. And the second thing is develop your prayer life. You've got to be able to talk with God during these days. If you don't really engage in prayer, you're not going to make it victoriously as a Christian. So I just want to encourage you to be in the word and be in prayer and then share the gospel with lost people. Those are the things that I would say. That's good. Well, thank you, Steve, for being with us. And thank you for joining us for this video. And I hope it'll be a great source of encouragement to you.